0: Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Housman. Take your shoes off or keep them on. You know what? It's a 4th of July special here. It's a holiday. We got hot dogs cooking. We got chips in the back. Willow's running around. There's kids playing. But here in the living room today, we're still talking professional wrestling. It's sitting by the fireside here on this balmy July day. I don't know why I have the fire going. It's the middle of July. But you, you got a fireplace, put it to use. It's Inside the Ropes, Kenny McIntosh. Kenny, welcome back. You are a returned co-host here on House of Wrestling.
1: That's when you know that you must like me because you don't return someone. You know, you mm-hmm. you bring someone on once if you have to, but if you bring sure. them back a second time, <laughs> then you must like them.
0: Yeah, all everyone I have on the show, it's like against my will. I'm like, well, sure. I gotta have, I gotta have Sean Ross. Who is the Stapp worst on. one?
1: Who is yeah. the worst one? To, no, okay, don't yeah. tell me yeah. the worst one. We
0: yeah. all know. It was Sean
1: Ross He's a monster. Sean,
0: well, he's always the worst. <laughs> he's
1: a monster. Um, <laughs>
0: Um, so I, uh, I was just over in London covering money in the bank and Kenny was in London covering money in the bank. And this was the first time I got to hang out with my inside the ropes, uh, fellow friends. And I, I got an official magazine here from Kenny at the media junket, which I was just reading. It's very good. Um, it was great, man. I, I really enjoyed getting to hang out with you and the whole crew. You took me to this like virtual soccer establishment. Uh, yeah. Or f- football, football. We call it. Soccer. It was
1: very funny because the thing is, when you are an, an open gay man, people do not expect you to be good at football. That sure. is the the stereotype that you are you that is on your shoulder. So there's this soccer football social thing that's happening where it's, but there's a big screen and you have to kick a football against it. Ennis mm-hmm. um, could not figure this out. He could not kick a ball against the screen, but everybody else did. So anyway, so I arrive late because you know, fashionable. And the game's going, and then I come in, and there's various different styles of hitting the ball. So, Adam from ITR competitively would hit the ball. Ennis would miss the ball. Liam would fall over with the ball. Paul would think it's, you know, he's like his family are on the line when he was doing it. But Nick and Martin would do it in an easy way as well. But Nick would just, all I can really say is hit it like an American. Uh Yeah. And that it's it's intense, mm. it's aggressive, yeah. but it's friendly. Mm. <laughs> all in one. And, like then, mm-hmm. and then I turn up and, uh, and got the highest score of, of the whole thing in my first go. <laughs> it so, was,
0: I was so humbled by you, Kenny. <laughs> I was humbled by everybody, right? I did
1: it for all gay people who play sports and all lose. And finally, we got one over on the straight people. For one day and one moment, we got to win.
0: Man, I'm so I'm I'm bummed. It. I've never really thought gay people are bad at sports. It's not it's not a stereotype. We are not
1: sports. Okay, <laughs> it's no. Because we're here. Well. Oh, is
0: it Oh, that's a bummer cuz like honest probably because like the gay people in America are the most athletic people in America because it's the straights that we've we've all let ourselves go here these days. It's my gay friends that are the best athletes if I'm being quite frank. Those are the ones that are out there doing things, running, and playing soccer, and all those great things. See, so. So
1: you don't get this kind of conversation with a lot of the other... I mean, I don't think Teddy Long will be talking about how good gay sport athletes are on Thursday. But, you know, he might. Hey, You never know.
0: Hey, uh, once Teddy and I get smizzing and talking, you know, you never know what's going to come up between Teddy Long and I. Um, But I had a great time. I did. I kicked very aggressively. I haven't kicked a, a football, a soccer ball in maybe 20 years. And I just said... Kick it as hard as you can, Nick. Every time. And, man, I had a great time. My foot still hurts, though. I kicked too hard, I
1: think. Because, you like, what you were doing was, like, if, if, if this is a foot, right, you're supposed mm-hmm. to almost, like, go to the side and hit it with the side of your foot. So it's like a – but then Nick was just hitting it with, like, his big toe yeah, the whole time. Didn't care. Which was just really popping me the more that you did it because <laughs> – at the beginning, I thought, "Oh, that's that's like his that's his way, that's his skill." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, he's just smashing it as hard as he physically can."
0: Yeah, there we go. Good for you. Yeah, well, got that power. What else? You know, <laughs> use what you can. Um, so I had a great time. It was wonderful meeting everybody from ITR, and it was just great seeing so many other wonderful people, uh, in uh, London throughout the trip. We'll touch. We're gonna talk a lot about Money in the Bank here, and if you are watching this right now in video form, the only place to watch House of Wrestling in video form. Premier Streaming Network. The uh, show, it rolls out here very first Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. You come over here, me, a variety of guests. Kenny's here so often, apparently. Like he's very popular, you know. Everybody else wanted duns around here. But uh, we have a great time. We do a lot of talking. We talk all pro wrestling. Come on over to Premier Streaming Network. Sign up for Premier, Premier Plus at watchonpremier.com to get every House of Wrestling episode in video form before it hits the podcast feeds. Uh, Every Tuesday and Thursday. And of course, House of Wrestling, we are a website. I wish I'd have put out more content uh, during my time in London, but between all the running around and having to participate and getting drunk or not drunk, but drinking, it's hard to, it's really kind of hard to get drunk. You got to try because never mind. I'm not getting into the ABV stuff. But uh, I was over. I was getting, I'm getting it. I'm not getting into it. Uh, I was running around. I got a stack of content to put out this week, but I had this big exclusive drop in my lap. While I was in a layover at JFK, uh, Sting is going to Israel uh, with Rob Van Dam and Psycho Clown and Frankie Kazarian and Vikingo and all of these people. Uh, I got the scoop on everything going on with this huge global pro wrestling summit. You can go find all the details over at the site right now. Um, it's going to be a, a hoot. Uh, I think I might go to Israel,
1: Kenny. You should. Why not? Yeah.
0: Hope they have room at the end.
1: And I mean, listen, if, listen, if they've, if they've got Sting, they've got the money. They're 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 doing fine. Yeah, yeah, they are.
0: Well, a lot. We'll find out a lot more, I think, about that show in the coming weeks. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much here. Um, but of course, also, if you're listening to the show, uh, you're listening to the podcast feed. Support House Arresting on a podcast feed. Nice reviews always welcome. Uh, I dropped the LA Night audio for no reason on Friday. Um, it's there. There's a lot of stuff. Go check it out. All right, let's get to the news. Um, we're gonna start with the sad story up top. Um, I was very surprised at SmackDown um, with the announcement that Darren Droz- Drozdoff had passed away at the age of 54. Uh, his family has launched this scholarship fund for him, which is which is great. Obviously, Draws was very popular in the 90s. He had that crazy scene in Beyond the Mat where Vince was, like, yelling puke at him and stuff. He's um, got to and- puke! Yes, 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 I'm sure the highlight Uh, A former football player uh, Unfortunately broke his neck at a house show um, And it was never the same Paralyzed beyond that I know he did a lot of public speaking Everyone's speaking very positively of him Did you know that he had passed before you saw the graphic at SmackDown or no?
1: No, I I had no idea Because we did um, Ollie, who I work with, is my, my camera guy We went to the press morning And then we basically went straight back to the hotel To edit and to do things and then we went straight from there to to meet you guys at the football thing. Right. And then we were in that. And when we were at the football thing, none of us were on our phones. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of hanging out. And I was trying to not be on my phone because I have, I'm have i very aware that sometimes I end up on my phone too much. So I'm trying not to do it. Good. And then we get there and we get the the graphic of Darren Drozdoff passing away. And, yeah, I felt really bad. I mean, I did hear that. Meltzer had said that he, his prognosis for his lifespan was, was way shorter than what he got. So I'm, I'm very happy that he got to live a lot longer than was, was, an, was anticipated. I felt bad in some ways because obviously he broke his neck in the match with D'Lo, right. which was a SmackDown taping in October of 99. But D'Lo was actually in London doing appearances for Wrestling Shop. And I don't know if he was there on the Saturday, but like, I just imagine that that might have been a tough day because I know Delo felt very bad about that afterwards. And I think, you know, to be in London for this big weekend and you're kind of there and it's a celebratory thing, and then to hear that Draws has, has passed away probably put a bit of a damper on it for him. So yeah. in some ways I really felt for D'Lo, Um because, you know, none of us can imagine if something like that happens, you know, how it's going to kind of stay with you. So, yeah, I felt really bad for him and obviously felt bad for down draws family i i believe d lo and draws
0: had like made amends right like I, yeah, I yeah, they were fine they yeah, were they, fine i think yeah it was just a, it was an accident that happened in the ring but dude i my head went to the same place where i was thinking about d brown and it's got to be very very heavy you know sitting there in that moment just as a human being to know that like even by accident or whatever kind of winds of you know the universe happen you know you played this big role in this guy's life. And, Crazy, a lot of ways. And,
1: and, and you know, if you're in wrestling, wrestling fans are equally the best and worst things to happen to you. It's a Scenario <laughs> where there is something stressful because re- wrestling fans are the best. You know, so many people come up to me over the weekend and s- said hi, and and which is really nice. I never know how to take it because I'm very awkward when somebody wants to say hi to me, so I always feel bad. Um, but I do genuinely appreciate what MD does. But um, you know, you do get some people who will just come up to you. I don't really get it because obviously I'm not famous or anything, but. <laughs> Some people do come up to people and just say the weirdest things to them yeah. so I think that I can imagine someone even trying to console Dlo but just being really inappropriate about it I can yeah. imagine what then we all can imagine what the interactions would be like so yeah. I just hope yeah. that he was able to i don't I don't know if he was doing a signing on the day of money in the bank which would have been the only time afterwards that it happened but yeah I and you know the thing with draws as well is that he like you say he he did public speaking he was. Uh, yeah, he was a, he was an inspiration of someone who somewhat like that happens to him, and he makes something positive out of it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's in perspective that aggressively playing football is not that important.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, puts a lot of things in perspective when this stuff happens. So young, right? And again, like lasting impression. You know, a lot of a bi- lot of fans that remember him very, very fondly. So sending our best to the the family, the friends, everybody uh, close, uh, or just in the area of uh, draws. All right, moving forward here, money in the bank. Uh, that is the bulk of our WWE block. We got like one AEW thing at the end of the show. We're going to talk about, but man, Money in the Bank. First of all, I'm going to. Well, I'll start at the bottom here. I'm going to say something that uh, Triple H said in the uh, press scrum afterwards. Highest grossing arena event in the history of WWE, and I'm not shocked. The demand for this show through the roof. You couldn't get. Any seats? There's no there. There was not an open seat in that entire
1: building, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you know you're right. I mean, they they, they opened up. I think they opened up some production seats, like on the Wednesday, because they had like an extra hundred tickets, and those went straight away. So yeah, it was huge. And also, like you don't appreciate this, Nick, but in the UK we have had. Can I swear? Am I not? You could say.
0: Obviously, you we know now that people on the other side of the pond have no problem with profanity. So go
1: ahead. I mean, we have had some shitty fucking shows in our past. Like, we have had insurrections and rebellions, like horrible shows that we have had. Like, like so I'll give you a couple of examples just because I, I feel the need to bring it up. There was a UK pay-per-view in May of 1999 called No Mercy, right? And the main event was Steve Austin defend the WWF title against The Undertaker and Triple H, both of the corporate ministry. Mm-hmm. Great main event, right? Sure. Unfortunately, they were also doing a house show in the US that night with half the crew. So the opening match on pay per view, where people had to pay fourteen pounds ninety five, was Goldberg versus Tiger Ali Singh. Oh, other matches burner. on that we had the Brood, which included Gangrel against Viscera and the Acolytes on okay. that show. Mm-hmm. Like we had Sable versus Tori, where she didn't wrestle and Nicole Basque pinned Tori in ten seconds. Great. it was just awful. Then we fast forward to two thousand and two, where uh, during like, the the big SmackDown 6 era, and the main event of Rebellion 2002 was Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman against Edge mm. in a handicap match. It was just bad. So, anyway, so we had all these bad pay per views, and then they were bringing Ron SmackDown, but then obviously on Ron SmackDown, you wouldn't really get as big stuff happening as would happen on the US ones. Um, so, finally, to see well, a wait WWE did pay-per-view. you
0: did, did they didn't they do the John Cena Shawn Michaels hour long match in in London didn't that go down over there they,
1: yeah no, they, they did but that, I mean yeah that was a great match but that wasn't like okay. a storyline thing like that wasn't like no. a big storyline things happening but then last sure. year we got Clash at the Castle we got Dom turning on Ray that was amazing unfortunately we got Tyson Fury um, <laughs> but this year. They give us money in the bank, and we get all this stuff. And like, it was a really hot crowd. And someone had said to me, and I never even thought about it, that since WrestleMania, there has not been one WWE premium live event that's taken place in the mainland U.S. in one of the 50 states. Because oh. it's been Puerto Rico, uh, Saudi Arabia, and the U.K. So, I mean, WrestleMania to SummerSlam, no pay-per-views in the, U- in the mainland U.S., that's like, has that ever happened before? I, don't, oh, I no. can't think that, that that definitely should, that there's no way that's ever happened before. So that's a wild stat, right? Yeah. And I think we're seeing though, from, you know, bringing a show to London, bringing a show to Puerto Rico, that there are, the, there are these markets that you can go to and do a pay-per-view. Um, I, I just can't see premium live event. I'm sorry. It's like a, it's like a tech um, pay-per-view Uh I, yeah, like there's so many places they could go now and do these ty- type of shows. And then I think for people like us who review them and watch them, it makes them way more exciting as well, rather than it just being, oh, he, it's, it's June, we're in Peoria, let's wow. watch another pay-per-view. I, I'm
0: waiting for them to go to Arena Mexico. I'm waiting for a Tokyo Dome show, right? Kind of similarly yeah. where you're talking about, like, they'd come, but they didn't do things. Like, the last big show they did in Japan was basically just – Brock Lesnar is going to Japan. I, if you remember the Beast in the East special, I, I forget yeah. who exactly he was wrestling, but it was just like the whole show is just the fact Brock Lesnar is going to Japan. And that was really it. They didn't give much thought to yeah. the rest of the card. If they really flushed out something, you have all you have Shinsuke there, you have OG uh, Bullet Club there, or whatever, the OC. Um, you, you have people that would definitely be very interesting now in, in a space like the Tokyo Dome. So, I'm with you. I think this is great.
1: And we are way oversaturated. I say this is a Chicago Chicagoan. We get too much. Everything comes to us. AEW, stop coming to Chicago. It's a pandemic now. It's enough. Hey, now <laughs> the punk, time off.
0: Now that Punk's back, they're going to be here all
1: the time again, I promise. Yeah. Um, also, but, uh, can we just say, WWE should go to India and do something for that yes. country. Because the last time when they, when they brought over Jender Mahal as WWE champion and had him penned by Triple H, I mean, give them something. They deserve something as well.
0: I, I agree. And it's, you know, I think the thing that's so much fun about this is the fans, right? Because American audiences, you're going to get shades of kind of, kinda, you know, little differences here or there. New York a little different than Chicago. But, man, London is way different than what you're getting in the States, right? Puerto Rico, way different than what you're getting in the States. That's why I'd say I'd love to see a Japanese audience reacting to a WWE product or Mexico or India, all of these other markets, just to see the fan reaction around it and the way they kind of tailor it to the show. One thing I'll say here, I'll throw in two that was at the bottom of the run sheet that I'll kick to the top. Uh, Fightful was saying Vince wasn't there, right? No Vince this weekend, no major changes made to the pay-per-view. PLE so, so you got me saying it Kenny's here now I'm saying pay-per-views again premium Live event not having Vince Around not having major changes To the show kept the focus On the show you know what I mean like we Didn't have any weird oh There's chaos oh Vince is here people are Uncomfortable it's it was they showed up They had a plan they stayed focused They executed on the plan and I think that you know as We've been looking at what's going on with AEW World where there all there seems to be too much focus On the back not enough focus On the in ring, I just think it's worth pointing out because they did a really great job of keeping the focus on what was on the product and what they wanted people to be looking at. I thought it was very well done.
1: So, yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I think, I think, and I think something that I, I maybe I'm being naive or maybe I've just got blinkers on, but something that's making me stay relaxed about the whole Vince situation is that if he wanted to be there running things all the time, he could just be there, yeah, like at this point. You know, no matter what he's done, he could do what he wants. That's, you know, he's had the, the head of Endeavor basically say it's his thing, right? But it feels like, you know, Vince, when was the last time Vince was there every week? Last June, July, June or July? It would have been
0: gone. before SummerSlam uh, Yeah. Last so year. It,
1: yeah. So, like, it's been almost, it's been a, almost a year. And, like, when you're 77, 78?
0: Oh, wait. It was exactly a year, right? Money in the Bank last year is when the allegations broke, and then he popped up at the UFC event across the street, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yep. yeah,
1: yeah. So, like, pretty much a year. Yeah. And if he's been off for a year and he's like 78, like, may- maybe he is just kind of like, yeah, he wants to be involved, but maybe this time he actually means it, that he doesn't want... Because if he wanted to be there every week, he would be there. I just don't think Col- there's a... Col- color me a bit
0: skeptical, because I-, I I agree that he could be there if he wanted to, but I think, I think that he's still so
1: involved, obviously. Oh, he's absolutely
0: he, he's absolutely involved yeah. at a very high level. But I think that there's an optics issue right now with Vince, and it's not necessarily because of the allegations from the women. It seems to be kind of more back to the chaos and the general morale and attitude towards the product when he is around. They yeah. have not closed this deal with Endeavor yet. It is not done. It is supposed to close later this year. The last thing anybody needs is a, a bad Vince story right now that makes somebody go – I don't know, you know, like, and I think that's, call, you know, again, call me, call me a, a little bit su- suspicious that this is not completely just Vince being a nice guy and doing this. I think there's obviously probably some financial ramifications as well here with him, you know?
1: So, there you go. Well, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm going to keep my blind hope that he will not be back week to week and, um, and just hope, hope and pray. I mean, I still can you you know you you do some digging sometimes that like you, you you get scoops sure. find out what the Gomez Adams look is all about. <laughs> I I think he just really
0: likes uh, the old movie star look. Actually, I uh, I didn't really go digging for this, but I talked to somebody about why he did it that has known Vince pretty well over the years. And they said he just thinks it's uh you know it, it's a look. <laughs> it's the Vincent Price look. He wants to look like an old school Hollywood star.
1: I guess you know it's it's a look. It's a real like cause, I mean, Vince has for years been, been very concerned about looking useful or like he's too old to be on TV, and it just feels like a real like he's committed now. I mean, the hair dye, oh, like yeah. I don't know how many people remember, uh, there was a great episode of Frasier back in the day where Martin dyed his hair black and went to a party at Niall's house, and then he sat by the fire and the hair dye melted off. Yes, like so. I mean, if that, I mean, if that, I mean, imagine. If it was, if Vince's hair dye melted off during an appearance, it would just be the wrestling world would be in all. Uh, uh, yeah. Well,
0: I don't know. Uh, We'll see what happens here. Uh, The moment that he goes full Giuliani and we see the hair drip down the side (laughs) as he's sweating, that's going to make a great meme. I, You know, uh, we'll see what happens with Vince. I think that they're doing a very good job, though, staying focused and not having Vince around seems to be good. And that message seems to be being sent consistently loud and clear. And, man, however the creative came about for this show, uh, uh, kudos to everyone involved. They are, I can't think of a run of WWE shows in at least 10, 15 years that is this good. I mean, we are running basically from the moment Hunter took over at SummerSlam last year, which was an okay show, you know, but things really started to pick up, I'd say, uh, before the Rumble, right? I, yeah. mean, I mean, everything kind of since the Rumble has been smoking hot, right? But even a little before that, like tail end of last year, really, really good stuff. Um, one decision that was a little head-scratching for a lot of people at the beginning of the show that I, everyone had completely forgotten about by the end was Damian Priest winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. LA night hugely over. Everybody wanted to see him win. It's not the direction they went. It was a very good match. Um, One note coming out of this uh, from the observer is that it looks like Logan Paul is going to take on Ricochet at SummerSlam. That's why they went to do the big Spanish fly spot that didn't come across as well as they had hoped. But they wanted to use that as a a viral meme moment that they could use to kind of set up this bout between the two. Uh, They want to show off Logan Paul's athleticism in this bout. And that's why I guess he's going to have the bout with Ricochet and not L.A. Knight, which after seeing the interactions between Knight and Paul, I really thought there was a chance they were going to go that direction. Um, what would you take here putting the briefcase on priest and kind of the directions for everyone involved coming out of it?
1: Um, I mean, I think a lot of us wanted to see Ellie night win the briefcase, so that was the, the direction that we all wanted to see it go. But I mean, he's he, he said in numerous interviews, one to me, he, he said it to loads of people actually that, um, you know, he felt like he got hot in March. That's when he felt like he got hot in WWE in the main roster. So we're only in July, so if they were going to put the put the briefcase on him, he needed to be ready to be put in a position where they want to put him in the WWE World Title picture or the the Roman picture. And if they don't have those plans for him, then it would it would kind of be like a you know you'd be shoot, shooting him before he starts. You'd be setting him up to fail because he would have to lose the briefcase. So um, I was glad Paul. It was glad Paul didn't get it. because I think he's already faced Seth. He's already faced Roman. Those those are kind of done. Um, yeah, I think for coming out of it, there's a lot of stuff they could do. Priest, obviously, we saw on Monday, the Judgment Day stuff is where that's going. I think that's fine. Is it the most exciting briefcase win? No, but I think it's. I think long term it would be good for Priest. I think Priest actually needs the briefcase more alienate or Logan Paul needs it, if that makes sense.
0: I kind of wanted Santos to win this for very similar reasons to Damian Priest, where it's like, these are guys that need to be moved up the card, right? And you got to yeah. find a way to get people looking at them as upper main event guys, right? Yeah. Briefcase is a great way to do that. You know, he's now in the main event picture. I was I was a little surprised he won just because Finn Balor has decidedly been the big elephant in the circus that is Judgment Day. With him losing to Rollins and, and Damian Priest now in the main event picture really throws off the kind of power balance between those two. So I'm interested to see where it goes with them. I like that Finn Balor's off TV. A lot of chatter of where's Finn? Haven't seen him, guys. What, what's <laughs> happening here? I think that's very cool. I'm anticipating Finn Balor coming back and laying out Priest, right? Maybe yeah. not, but okay. There's possibilities. A lot of things. So I thought it was very good, and then it'll give – priest a chance to be exposed as a main eventer and if he clicks if he fits you can always put the title on him probably Seth. uh we'll get to Romans later on uh the other big win here in the you money could in the- also,
1: very quickly sorry you could also with LA Knight you know I assume he is now going to be basically fully turned babyface whether it's this Friday MSG you know because he is now um but you know you could have him in Austin Theory at SummerSlam for so the US title you could have something like that happen sure um it's a way to put him into something that people would, you know, give him a win. If he won the U.S. title, it would be a, I think for the people who love alienate it would be a kind of, they could relax a little bit. that There are plans mm. for him and that there is, a, you know, Austin awesome Theory's kind of done all he's going to do with the U.S. title. So I think, you know, strap it to someone who's hot. Why yeah. Not?
0: Yeah, I agree. The Theory run has, has it's gone its course, right? You yeah. know. Um, I think it's a really smart idea To put them together I, I definitely think they've turned him fully babyface Especially after SmackDown He came out and confronted Logan Paul Arguably really? one of the top heels in the company With the amount of heat this guy gets So in that moment it was very clear LA Knight babyface, Logan Paul heel uh, And yeah I, I think that's a really good call Putting him in the US title picture We shall see uh, But Io Sky picked up the win here And the Women's Money in the Bank match Very creative finish um, Where she handcuffed Bailey and Becky Lynch together in between the ladder, climbing up over them to get the briefcase. I'm going to cop to something here in the media scrum afterwards. I put this on Twitter. So I get a, I got a chance to ask a question, which is great, right? But uh, they said, out comes Damien Priest and EO Sky, the Money in the Bank winners. I said, can I ask a question? I got dibs on the first question. I'm turning around, waiting for the microphone. I'm thinking to myself, great, I'm going to ask EO, is damage control done? That's a great question. Kind of walks the line between kayfabe Real News Not a big deal. Perfect. Get the microphone, turn around, stand up, introduce myself. And now I realize Bailey is sitting next to EOSky and my question is kind of irrelevant because obviously (laughs) damage control is fine. Could not think of anything else. Still asked the question. They were like, yeah, of course, we're great. We're sitting right here together. I was like, cool. Thank you. Sat down was not was probably not my greatest press scrum moment, but it was great. They were wonderful. Nice moment there, where they high fived
1: afterwards. Um, anyway, probably not your worst press scrum moment, though. At least you can say that. You can. I,
0: I think I've had more. Well, I mean, the punk thing is probably top of the list in the way it all played out. <laughs> I've had more uncomfortable moments, probably at press scrums. But I think the thing that I personally disliked about it is because I don't like asking kayfabe questions in press scrums, yeah. and it I came across to me as a kayfabe question where I was asking about a.
1: Anyway, I'm very hard you're, you're on known... myself. You're known for your tougher question. I didn't, you yeah, know, and I was not proud. Like, of this I one. don't know if, yeah. I, like, because obviously the the famous one is the is the Rollins question in January. two yeah. uh, k thing. And I I don't think compliment to you. I don't think I would have had the balls to ask that question. So props to you that you did. I'm just more of a like I'm more of a a, a light and breezy guy. That's my vibe that I give off. But you're just like I'm going to ask you the question. Well,
0: and here's the, here's uh, here's the thing about the Rollins question about punk. I know how much space those guys shared in the Midwest indie scene, mm-hmm. you know, cause there weren't really that many guys that came out of Milwaukee and Chicago in the early two thousands. It was largely guys from the East and West coast that were taking off. And so, because I mean, there were stories about punk making surprise Midwestern appearances under hoods or like, you know, as a druid or whatever it shows while he was away from action. And I had heard that, that Rollins and punk had kind of, been at an indie show but did not say hi to each other and that's why i wanted to kind of know you know and I, not everybody else would know that but that's why it was in my head to ask about it so, so all
1: right so when when he gives you the just peel back the curtain i guess i've never asked sure. so so when he gives you the answer right okay. that he gave sure what are you, what internally is your thought are you like yes or like what is your what's the initial thought my initial thought was, "Wow, <laughs> I uh, did,
0: didn't think that was coming out of his mouth." And then I have to sit there and and say, "Do you do a follow up?" And then I have to say, "Shut the fuck! Listen, just listen to the man for a second and react. Don't don't think right now. Just listen." And uh, I have to just kind of shut my brain down from thinking, you know, because when that's coming at you, the worst thing you could be doing as an interviewer is thinking. You have to, if somebody's going to come at you and say something that's like very important and you know it's important. Turn your brain off and listen and wait and figure out where you could go and play from there. So, what I was thinking of that moment was don't think, <laughs> listen.
1: It's a very, it's a very, because for anybody who's watching this who is an interviewer, like up, like the you know, up and coming interviewer, or whatever, two, two things that are so important are number one, like you say, don't speak over somebody doing a, an answer to that. Because, like, we've both been at scrums where you hear somebody's given a really good answer and somebody tries to interrupt to do the yeah. follow up. Well, they're st- and it's like you're getting good stuff here don't shut it down but the other thing that I learned more doing the live shows because when I'm doing the live shows there's an alcoholic beverage involved not like getting hammered but there's an alcohol it's a, it's a relaxed atmosphere you're with crowd whatever is that sometimes if somebody gives you something juicy and you give too much of a reaction it's almost like they think oh no I shouldn't have said that so like I have to sometimes be like quite reserved in what my reaction would would normally be because i'm like okay if you want to like if you want to say that um Uh go ahead like i remember at the the heyman show we did in new orleans it was one of the most awkward moments of my life where we were doing the show and he automatically just this guy in the crowd just shouted out about benoit i was like i'm a benoit guy
2: yeah
1: and i was like oh because like what do you do what do you like It's hard. So, anyway, and Heyman ended up just like getting the mic and going, If you're a Ben one guy, fuck you. That was, you know, he said that. But it was so, luckily, Heyman was there to do that because I just was like, What the hell did you say?
2: Um,
1: And then, and and to, uh, I always remember Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated. he actually had messaged me about doing a piece on the Heyman show. And a compliment he gave me in the piece, which I was really appreciative of and I've taken with me, is that, because I didn't know at that show in New Orleans that JR was going to be a surprise until JR walked behind the curtain, like when we were backstage. Yeah. But then I, So when I was on stage, I didn't know Rob Van Dam had turned up. So when Rob Van Dam came out, I had no idea. And he said, the interviewer, Kenny, stepped back and out of shot and just let them be there. And I think a lot of people would have probably wanted to be like, I'm in this too. But you can't. It's just like, let them do it. Yeah. So, yeah, Get so out of the way. Just a you few know? interview things. I think people, it's worth people knowing because I wish I'd known them earlier than I did.
0: Well, and as much as I want to get back to the news at hand, I will also give the same note to commentators. Uh, it's, it, the best thing you can do as a good commentator is lay out, right? And that was a big lesson I learned from Rich Bikini when I was working at Warrior Wrestling about doing commentary for wrestling is just knowing when not to talk, right? It's so important. And listening is a big part of that and reacting. So go take an improv class. All right. Anyway, uh, back just to put a pin on this EOSky wins the briefcase. It looks as if we will eventually get a full on turn on Bailey, I'm guessing, yeah. and launching Eo into the the babyface spot. I don't know why they didn't fully pull the trigger. That's why I was so caught off guard at the press conference th- to see them right next to each other because it was so obvious EO
1: had just screwed over
0: Bailey. <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs> like it was so weird. Could, I mean, because what I loved about it though was I loved that in the match Bailey had shoved the ladder over with Eo on it, which basically set up like this is how I'm gonna act in this match. So Eo kind of had Carte Blanche to do the same to her in the story, but I, I mean, I hope that they do something long. To, I would like them. I would like to see them have a thing where they they turn babyface together, and Bailey's like Eo's cheerleader almost for months. Mm. Let Eo become champ, and then have Bailey, you know, just right at the last second, be like, "Do you really think I'm a cheerleader for you?" <laughs> or you know, turn it at that point because that's not what people would be expecting. Everyone is just expecting implosion. Yeah. And I think if you did something different like that, you would get more time out of it. You, you could spin it out to WrestleMania maybe if you wanted to, uh, rather than just make it like a 2PLE two, two program.
0: I'm pretty sure it might just be a 1. I'm pretty sure between now and SummerSlam, EO might just be on the receiving end of a shot to the back of the head from Bailey sure. or something like that. So we will see.
1: Let um, me wish for not long-term now. Let me wish for long-term.
0: Um, well, we'll see. All right. Uh, the uh, was, uh, Also a big title change. Uh, Liv Morgan Raquel Rodriguez uh, picking up the women's tag team championships in a surprise win here when Shayna Baszler out of nowhere attacks Ronda Rousey. Um, the Wrestling Observer saying that Ronda Rousey has given WWE a hard out date. I'm guessing for her exit from the company entirely or for a little while. We'll find out. I don't know. It wasn't made clear. Um, they they also noted that Rousey was introduced to WWE by Baszler. They've always wanted to do a program together. Since there's so little time, now's the time to do it. Um, and again, Raquel and Liv, new tag champions, they had this gauntlet match on Raw last night. And the new number one contenders are Shayna Baszler, or uh, not Shayna Baszler, uh, Chelsea Green. Yeah, Chelsea Green and, no, not Shayna, uh, Sonya Deville. Sorry, I get my mixed martial artist ladies confused there. I apologize. Um a lot, lot there. A lot there. Trying to keep focused on the women's tag team titles. But at the same time, the bigger story coming out of this is about Shayna and Ronda Rousey. What I thought was very interesting, Shayna is the one to lay out Ronda. But on Raw, Ronda gets booed and is the heel. Is that, like, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that, Kenny.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's just a situation where like it kind of reminds me a little bit of when Becky turned heel on Charlotte at SummerSlam 2018 eighteen, I think it was. And the and it was intended to be that Becky was gonna be the heel, she was gonna be the heel on Charlotte, and nobody reacted that way on the night of SummerSlam. Everyone was just like rejoicing that Becky had taken out Charlotte. And I think it's a similar thing here where the crowd don't like Rhonda. They can see that her heart's not in it. You know, she goes and does press to the New York Post and the women's division's terrible. And um and now she's leaving. So it's like, you know, she's really?
0: There was a line that Shayna had on Raw, which she said behind the ropes, by the way, uh, about how she was responsible for bringing Ronda Rousey in. And she apologizes to everybody about that. (laughs) And I just thought, man, did somebody feed her that line? Did Ronda know that one was coming? Because after Shayna leaves Ronda Lane, Ronda really did not sell that much for Shayna there. Like she was kind of on the ropes, but then she kind of just shrugged it off and was just screaming for Shayna to come back. It all came across a little awkward to me, but regardless, I would imagine these two are gonna do some business at SummerSlam, and then we may never see Ronda Rousey again.
1: Who knows, right? And if Shayna if Shayna defeats Ronda at Wrestle at SummerSlam, and Shayna the one who you know banished Ronda Rousey from WWE, Shayna might be the biggest babyface in the company yeah. at that point. Yeah. And hey, so, what?
0: Hey, good for if Ronda can put Shayna to the next level like that. All yeah. the better. At least somebody will have gotten a big rub. I, I would argue Liv Morgan probably got a pretty good rub off of front. Yeah, but
1: I mean, Shay, they, they did a network documentary on Shayna like a couple of years ago, like a three six five or twenty four or something. And Shayna's great, like as a if you if you know how to present her as like a real life badass kind of thing. So I hope that this is what comes out of it.
0: All right, uh, we also had here Drew McIntyre's triumphant return to WWE. Man, Elvis enters the room type reaction for drew McIntyre after Gunther defeated or Gunther defeated Matt Riddle, uh, huge moment. Everybody was going nuts after the show. We find out from triple H that hasn't been creative, at least from what he says, not creative. This kept drew away. He had some lingering injury issues. I believe he had a passing in the family as well um, that were keeping him away. He's back. He hopes drew is there for the rest of his career, uh, but fightful saying, uh, he has not signed a new contract yet, and the Observer noting that his contract is up in early 2024, but could be extended past Mania due to how much time he was left out there for injury. So uh, Triple H publicly doing his best to to make sure that Drew knows that he is more than welcome to stay, but it, at the same time, it does not seem like a new deal has been put in place. What's, what's your take
1: here on the Drew McIntyre situation? Uh, so uh, what, what I would say is I know Drew, little bit I don't know him super well but I know him a bit and he is a very straightforward person he is not someone who is you know what you see is what you get so I think that if there is contract things going on I think it'll be pretty straightforward of Drew wants x that's it do they give him x um I think the thing that I I think he will end up staying with WB but I think that he is in a good position where I think he could go to AEW and be a big name there because there's not really anybody in AEW like him. I mean, there are big guys like Wardlow or Hobbs, but You know Wardlow. I mean, my God, stink the stink the bed is is an understatement for what they've done to him. But I I
0: have a I have a conspiracy theory that they think Wardlow's leaving for WWE. I can't. Well, he is now. After what they've done to him, I can't fathom any other reason why they've booked
1: him that way. But anyway, a conversation for another day. Back to Um, Drew. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I think Drew Drew could come in. He can talk. He's a big star. I think he could do really well in AEW because he's so different to everybody else. And I think that that will be good for him. To sort of, not use, but like, you know, WB might want to give him the money that he wants because he could actually go over to AEW and, you know, make a dent. You know, it's like if Johnny Gargano was to say tomorrow, I'm going to AEW, I think that he would be one of 20 people who can do a very similar type of thing. Like, he's a great wrestler. He's, you know, he's a a smaller, agile, high-flying guy. They've got loads of them. Whereas I think Drew can make a difference. So I think ultimately they will come together and make a deal for him to stay. Um, that's my
0: thought. I th- I think so too. I you don't book a guy like this. He looks so strong. And I look I at the t- reaction, the I, crowd think he, from- I think he takes good. I think he takes Gunther down. I think that Gunther going to fall to Drew McIntyre at Summerslam. I I just you can't bring Drew in and and have the confrontation, and have him lose unless you know he's leaving. And I don't get that vibe. Hunter just said he hopes he spends the rest of his career there. He's going to or- be Gunther at May- at Summerslam. That's my vibe.
1: I mean, to me, I've said for a while, I think the Drew heel turn is what needs to happen. That's where things need to go. Um, I know Gunther is like, I think when he gets to SummerSlam, he will just be short of beating the Honky Top Man's record for the IC title. Yes. I, I could see something happen where Gunther does beat Drew, but it's basically to tell a story of him turning heel, if that's what they decide to do. But. If he's not saying, I just don't know if you're giving the guy the IC title if he's not re-signed.
0: We're gonna We'll go back to Drew. I'm going to bring Drew McIntyre up here again in just a little bit. Okay. Um, I want to throw this in, of course, real quick while we have time. John Cena uh, surprised everybody. Thank you, by the way, John, for coming out when I was trying to go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> then your music hit, and I had to turn around and run like an idiot through the O2 Arena, back to my seat, watch the whole segment while still having to use the restroom, and then went to the bathroom. And it was well worth it because, man... This crowd was crazy. John was playing with them, having fun. Grayson Waller comes out. They jaw jack. And, and John Cena, of course, he reveals he wants to bring WrestleMania to London, which got every – that was like throwing red meat to piranhas. The place went absolutely crazy. Waller saying, no, let's go to Australia. Cena eventually lays out Waller after an attack with an F5 sends home – not sends home, but ends every the segment uh, on a very positive note. Hunter after the show. Triple H says, you know, we'll see about London. Of course, he noted that the, the foul language that was used that doesn't help. Uh, when the crowd is chanting "fuck you, Roman" or whatever, <laughs> um, fightful saying WrestleMania 40, of course, in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. 41 is they say going to also be held in the state, so that would leave 42 as the next open possible Mania. That's not till 2026. But man, how do you not deliver on bringing Mania to London after that? It would be it would be hugely unpopular.
1: <laughs> I think the the problem is going to be that the city's bid for WrestleMania, I don't know if you have a number, uh, I was going to ask you this actually at some point, but I don't know if you have a number of roughly how much a US city pays to get WrestleMania. I don't know how much that is. I
0: think it's been between 10 and 20 million, if right. I'm not
1: wrong. Could be wrong. L- London were not willing to pay 2 million for Clash at the Castle. Mm-hmm. So to me, I don't think London is going to pay the money. So I think, and, and then also, I don't think WWE is going to, go to the the sort of ball ache of of bringing it over here. It's it's bigger costs. It's bigger spending unless they're getting paid for it. And I just don't know if Wembley Stadium needs to pay $10 to get WrestleMania for two nights. Like, Wembley could probably make that, you know, from from other gigs that we'd have on. So I'd love to see it, but I think that London would need to pay for it, and I just don't know if they're going to pay for it. I mean, I will say to John Cena, the fact that he got that crowd to chant, thank you, Cena, thank you for what <laughs> thank you for existing thank you for, in london for, for, for up. being this pandering shell that is just you know he's like you are the most important pe-. don't tell me i'm the most important person i know what really is going on here um, but no he was he was very very good he was he could be a cult leader at this stage Oh man. And if
0: they, if they, London does, they make the bid and they get it, then they should really have John Cena versus Grayson Waller winners. Host city <laughs> gets to go to Wrestle gets to host WrestleMania. Put it on the line. Let John I, Cena go out there representing London. You know? Do you know
1: how great it would be for WrestleMania to be in London for me? A, a one hour, tr- a one hour flight? That yeah. would cost under a hundred pounds.
0: I'll take my one hour flight to Detroit any day. 20, <coughs> 22 hours or whatever. I spent getting back. I'm not going down this rabbit hole. All right. Lastly here, last thing uh, on the run sheet. I told you I was going to bring up drew McIntyre again, and I will hear just a second because it ties in to this story. Main event, uh, Jay Uso and pins Roman reigns. First man to pin Roman reigns in over three years. The Uso's beat him. Solo Sokoa, um, this Friday on SmackDown, The Usos have announced Tribal Court, the trial of the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. What a word. What a word garble that is. Um, It's going to be live on SmackDown from Madison Square Garden. What a a platform for this to play out on, right? In MSG. Oh, my God. I'm on the hook. I will be tuning in live for this thing, for sure. It was everything you could ever want in the end of a, a premium live event. Place was going absolutely apeshit. I'm kind of surprised we didn't get the Usos in the press conference, but I also understand they're going to want to keep everything related to this for television. Great main event. It looks like probably Jay versus Roman at SummerSlam. Maybe, sure. maybe Jay drops him is Roman. But the thing here as well is if Jay falls to Roman, which is very, very likely as well, you're gonna need a hot baby face to go up against Roman Reigns. And Drew McIntyre is back and rolls through Gunther. You could have a couple matches with the IC title, a couple of PLEs, and you could reposition him by Survivor Series as Roman's next big opponent again. You know, yeah,
1: and, and you could still achieve the same result by having the loss of Drew necessitate the heel turn. Mm-hmm. The loss to Roman. You know, he's lost to Roman twice. I would, you know, almost say the best way to do it would be to have somebody interfere so that Drew again. Has only lost to Roman because of interference. Like, yes, because then you can leave down the line when Roman goes babyface and Drew's a heel. You could bring it back again. So yeah, I think I'm I'm all for that idea as well. I, I think Drew Drew is it's funny because years ago Drew used to be obviously a big British name, but like he was a kind of semi name in America. And now the last couple of years, I mean, he got He he did the shift during COVID as champ. Uh, I think he is somebody to keep a hold of, and and I think that the the reaction at Money in the Bank and his performance there will not hurt his chances of getting a big star contract.
0: Yes, uh, man, that guy came across as an absolute big star, undeniable, yeah. huge star. Got a pop as big as John Cena. You can't tell me otherwise. They were on the same, absolutely same level in my opinion when their music hit. So big deal i did promise an AEW note at the top of the show so i will throw in one AEW thing here just before i left town brie garcia uh formerly brie bella shared on our instagram stories an x-ray of brian danielson's arm this man he snapped uh his arm bone femur no femur is your leg i don't know what it is an arm bone oh arm bone broken in his forearm right here completely snapped crazy to think this man wrestled 10 minutes against Okada with this thing. And then did a press conference with a smile on his face. <laughs> um, she to her, she in her own words says, this is worse than we thought he will very likely be out of blood and guts. The BCC taking on the elite later this month. What a, what a, what a trooper, this guy. Wow. Any, any yeah, thoughts mean, on Brian Danielson, you know?
1: I mean, the man, it's, 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 it's ironic that, like, they kept they protected him and kept him in a, you know, glass cage, so he was okay. And then he fights Okada and he breaks his arm. Uh, I mean, in some ways, though, I think it will be a blessing in disguise that he is not in blood and guts. Because the last thing that man needs to do is to be in a blood and guts match. Um because, like, yeah, I mean, to me, my favorite Danielson stuff is when he is just kind of having these high-profile one-on-one matches. So I think keep him to that. Keep him to sporadic matches. He's so good as a character. He can do other stuff. But, uh, yeah, you just hope that it's not going to be a kind of injuries become a more constant thing for him, which seems to be happening. Yes. Him. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, he works a very brutal style, right? <laughs>
0: and but I then mean-
1: he also said – he said in an interview to me last year – he wants to be wrestling in his 70s. And it's like, well, the reason Jerry Lawler was still having, is still having matches in his 70s or was is because he doesn't do a very hard style. You know, he yeah. does a kind of, he he, he he does a good match, but he does, like, a very soft. So I, it would be interesting to see with Danielson if he keeps wrestling, how he navigates getting older and having him to soften it if he wants to keep going for a long time. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're right, Jerry Lawler, another name
0: I think of who was, incredibly good at doing indie appearances and absolutely doing almost nothing in the ring. Hacksaw, <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, I watched that man. I don't know how old he is, but he was in his 60s, maybe, I, I don't know about 70s, but he had he did five moves. He'd come out, you'd lock up, he'd throw you down, punch, punch. You roll to the outside. He chases you with a two-by-four. You get in, three-point stance. There you go. Wave the flag out the door, right? Not taking Hurricane Rana's off the top rope. So I agree. Jim Duggan route. Whatever you want to call it. Jerry Lawler route. All right, everybody. That brings us to the end of the show. What a great show. This was so much fun, Kenny. And it was more fun talking about the show because we were both there live and got to experience this thing. And it was wonderful. Uh, We are going to keep this big week going. As Kenny said at the top of the show this Thursday, holla holla players. Teddy Long is going to talk all of the big – I have – so we have so much more news that happened that I have I couldn't include on the run sheet here today. So we're going to do everything here in the next 48 hours plus overflow this Thursday with Teddy Long. Um, and this week, I should have two big interviews for Inside the Ropes. I have them both booked. One of them was supposed to happen last week, got pushed to this week. So this week, you're going to get two. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, one of them, I think, should be tied – I think he's going to be performing on this Global Pro Wrestling Summit show, too. It's coming up with Sting. So – Mm, little tease there um and that's uh, that's all by really kind of plugs here can anything you want to plug put over here before we wrap up the show today
1: um i love to plug inside the rose magazine you can buy it at inside the i do apologize profusely for the u.s postal service which i know is maybe a sacrilege thing to say on july 4th but um we uh it, it's a great magazine it takes a while to get to you if you live in the u.s but it is very very fun uh, loads of stuff in there merch re- merch reviews reviews of dvds uh, news articles interviews um i think the one that you've got there the seth one is my interview with uh, evan Husney from dark side of the ring yes um and in the next issue i will be i've got an extended interview with bailey from the press morning where she has some very interesting things to say about uh Ms. ronda rousey so all yeah, right. it's at the so we can check that out. ITRWrestling.com for all your news, and uh, Nick Houseman Exclusives. Um, <laughs> and uh, what else is there? There's always stuff. Um, if you're in Glasgow, we're doing a show with Gangrel a week on Sunday. we come to that. We're doing a with Eric Bischoff in September, which hopefully he'll have grown some hair back in his head by then. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my hope for that. Um, yeah, that, that's about it. I'm enjoying Bischoff's
0: bowling pin look.
1: It's for a good cause, too. It is. Yeah. It's for Chad. And plus, you know what? He doesn't look that bad bold. Nah, if no. I, I mean, I've got an egg If I was bold, it would be bad. Humpty Dumpty territory. But anyway, yeah. enough about me.
0: Uh, it was wonderful. It's all about Kenny. Go support Kenny, support House of Wrestling. Yeah. You all were wonderful. Grab some hot dogs, head off to your 4th of July parties, enjoy some fireworks tonight, get out the door. But remember, you're welcome back